0: Good evening to everyone. Uh, Got to watching Brother Eric and seemed like everything went good with the live stream with him being down here. And it's been a while since I've been on the floor, so I thought I'd stay on the floor tonight. (laughs) Um, How do you always get to preach on Super Bowl Sunday? Wasn't even my Sunday night to preach, and I'm down to preach. Seemed like every time I do, so I always get a lot of ill looks. But uh, uh, Mike and Tim said since Cowboys wasn't in the Super Bowl, it didn't matter how long I preached. So... I guess every Super Bowl Sunday night I can preach as long as I want to because they'll never be there, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, we won't keep you too long. We'll try to get out by at least 8 tonight and see. So. <laughs> but we did have a good seminar with uh, Eric Lyons. He had some wonderful lessons, and uh, uh, I-, I benefited from it, and I hope that you did too. Uh, he's a very talented speaker very educated and very capable in the things that he does, and we really appreciate all that that he does. Uh, Tonight, I want us to ask ourselves the question, are we born again? You know, uh, birth, of course, has been on my mind this week. Got another grandchild. Roger and Ruby got another great-grandchild, if you uh, hadn't heard. Uh, And as you think about birth, I mean, think about as a parent, and you go back to when your, your kids were born. Uh... Would you go back to that? Would you go back to uh, those uh, times where they cry at night and you're up a lot at night and, and all that? Would you, you, know, you say, well, I, I just wish our kids were little anymore? Well, to a certain stage maybe. I don't know about the, the, when you first bring them home and all the crying. It, it was kind of rough at our house. There were several times at, I guess, 1 o'clock in the morning I'd have to uh, tell Tanya baby's crying and then go back to sleep. And it was rough. It was rough to do that. So uh, I had to do that. Sir, so actually, I didn't do that. I never call her Tanya. I always call her Honey. So, but anyway, uh, you know that's kind of how it is sometimes. Isn't it? There's there's a lot of sleepless nights. There's a lot of uh, uh, worrying. There's a lot of anxiety sometimes. Bringing home a new baby, then you become a grandparent. And it's not that bad anymore. You're, you you see them come. You get to enjoy them. But you get to Leave them at home with their parents and let them go through that. So it makes it a little bit easier. Uh, Tonight I want us to look at John chapter 3. And I want us to look at a conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was concerned about this. Nicodemus was concerned about being born again, and he asked the question, you know, how can we go back to our mother's womb? So what I want to do is I want to look at this conversation that Jesus had and make some application maybe to our lives today. In John chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water in the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is, is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you, are you the teacher of Israel? And do not know these things? Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. So we see here at the very beginning that that Nicodemus is is struggling with this. But I I think he's struggling for a different reason than maybe we realize. And I want us to look at this a little bit. Let's notice here the first few verses. It says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you are born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So a couple things we need to realize. There's a lot of speculation why Nicodemus came to him by night. Uh, I don't think there's much to it. I think it may have been because of opportunity. I don't don't really think that he he was afraid that he was going to be seen. I think it was just an opportunity thing. But one thing we have to realize as Nicodemus is talking to him, this kind of starts back... In chapter two, in chapter two, we see that John records one of the first miracles of Jesus, the turning water to wine. Then you see him uh, uh, turning over the tables and things there during Passover there at Jerusalem and the temple because they were making it a den of thieves. But in verse twenty-three, it says this: Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. Now John chose to record for us Jesus turning the water to the wine, but evidently there were more signs and wonders that he did. So Nicodemus says here, first of all, he says, we know that you are a teacher come from heaven, uh, uh, come from God, for no one can do these signs unless uh, God is with you. So Nicodemus, like the other rulers, has a belief, like Eric was talking about this morning. There, There is a belief in God. They're saying here that... They know there's something to it because no one can do what you're doing unless they're from God. But they're not willing to accept everything that Jesus is saying. They just realize he's doing something different maybe than anyone else that come along is doing. So they know there's something to him. Now, being a ruler, being a Pharisee, and also being a ruler of the Jews, a member of the Sanhedrin, Nicodemus is a a fairly educated person. I mean, he's, he, he's among the elite here. And so he's not a, a dumb person. He's not a stupid person. He's not uh, you know, ignorant when it comes to things of the law. But as Jesus points out, he is ignorant in how he applies things and how he notices things that he sees. But one thing that Nicodemus recognizes is he says, we know this. So it's not just Nicodemus, it's others. But when it comes to him struggling. Notice Jesus tells him something that Nicodemus didn't even ask. Nicodemus is there to know more about him. I, th- I think he's sincere. I think he's really wanting to know. I think he said, okay, I've seen you perform all these miracles. I've seen these signs. I've seen these things going on. I want to know more about this. Now, it may be because maybe he doesn't trust him altogether to begin with, or maybe he just wants to find out more about him. So, the rulers can figure out what they want to do with him. But either way, I think he is sincere and wanting to know more about him for whatever the reason is. So he comes by night and he's talking to him. He's trying to learn about him. He says, we, we know you've got to be one from God. And Jesus actually tells him something that Nicodemus didn't ask, but Jesus knows he needs to know. Notice here what he says. He says, most sincerely I say to you, unless you are born again, He cannot see the kingdom of God. Now notice what happens here, verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born? I think on the surface it may look like that Nicodemus here is struggling, saying this makes no sense. How can a person enter back into their mother's womb and be born again? I think Nicodemus is smart enough to know that's not what Jesus means. He's an intelligent man. So it, it, there's a couple of, of, of ideas here of what Nicodemus may mean. One, he may be, some think that he's being sarcastic. He's saying, yeah, how can a you know, you don't know what you're talking about. He's kind of being sarcastic with Jesus. Or he's actually pretty dense here and actually thinking Jesus is talking about actually entering back into mother's womb. I just don't think that's the case. I don't think he's being sarcastic. I think he's being sincere in what he's talking about. And I don't think he's dunce enough to believe that Jesus is actually talking about entering back into his mother's womb. But what I do think he's talking about, because this concept of being born again, and we're going to talk about this in a few minutes, is not foreign uh, to Nicodemus. He understands to an extent, this term, this phrase, he, he knows it, it's meaning to change. I think Nicodemus's problem is, he's saying, I'm older now. How can I go back and start over again? How can this be? And I think he's a little bit offended. Because think about it. What he's actually saying is, if you're not born again, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. He's telling Nicodemus, you've got to change. Not only you, the individuals that you represent, there has to be a change. How in the world can Jesus tell these religious leaders, these religious people, that they've got to make a change that they can't enter in the kingdom of heaven? They thought they already could, didn't they? The Jews thought they could, especially the religious leaders. They already thought that they were already a, sure, a surefire way in. And they thought this because, one, the lineage of Abraham, they thought through blood of Abraham, they were a sure, sure win for it. They, 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 they walked right on in. Not only that, they were circumcised under the law. Not only that, they were separated from the Gentiles. Not only that, they worked the works of the law. So in their mind, the kingdom was theirs. In their mind, they had it sold up. Remember, that's what John said in Matthew chapter 3, when he was baptizing uh, uh, for repentance there. Remember, they they refused him when he seen them coming. He called them a brood of vipers, and he said, Don't say to yourselves, We're the seed of Abraham, because God can raise up from these stones uh, uh, sons of Abraham, but the axe is laid to the tree there, and it's about to be chopped down. You think you've got a sure thing, but you don't. There has to be a change, and that's what Jesus is talking about. It's this change, this transformation that they have to make. And I think what uh, Nicodemus is discouraged about and maybe a little bit offended about is the fact of how can he, now that he's old, go back and change everything, or older, go back and change everything and start anew. All the things that they've been doing, all the things that they've been a part of, you're telling us that's not going to get us in the kingdom of heaven? As a matter of fact, if you do some research, you'll see that the ra- there's some rabbis that were teaching at that time that Abraham were sta- would stand at the gates of hell just so accidentally some of the Jews wouldn't wander in. <laughs> that's what they were teaching. They thought they were so sure of this. They thought that they were, were in no matter what that, uh, that that's kind of how they were teaching. I believe that's the question that Nicodemus is asking. I don't really believe he thinks that Jesus is saying, you've actually got to go back into your mother's womb. And you say, well, then maybe he is being a little sarcastic with it. I think what he's saying to, to, to him, you know, I, I've thought about that. i thought about, would you want to go back if you were younger and do it all over again? Would you want to do that? I wouldn't want to. Even with all the mistakes, even with all the things that, that, that went on, I, don't, I, I, I wouldn't want to think that, okay, I, I, I don't have this figured out. I can do, I've do. i got to go back and start all over again. Their, their pride wasn't going to let them do that. They, they thought that, again, that, that they were doing it right, and how dare them Jesus even insinuate that they wouldn't. And I'll tell you what else this, this uh, implies here. In this conversation was tax collectors, the publicans, all the ones that they despised were going to enter in the kingdom for them. They were the ones that's going to be a part of it because they didn't reject Jesus. They didn't reject what he was teaching. They didn't reject what, what he was, was showing them. They they were accepting him as what he said he was, and they wouldn't. So, this is kind of insult on the insult. One, they got to change. But two, the people that they despise were doing what Jesus says they should be doing. And Nicodemus isn't liking this. But he, he, I, I still believe he, he's trying to figure out. I still believe he is sincere about it. I think he's wanting to know... And I think he's at this moment kind of devastated the fact of what... Because Jesus knows what he was thinking. That's, what Jesus, that's why he said this to him. Uh, he didn't ask the question, what I got to do to enter into the kingdom of heaven? You know, he, he didn't come up to him like the rich young ruler did. He, he came up to him saying, I want to know more about who you are. And Jesus, knowing his thoughts, knowing his heart, knowing what that whole body uh, of the religious leaders needed to hear and know... So he's telling him, you've got to be born again. Because if you're not, you're not going to enter, as he says one time, or not going to see, as he says another time, the kingdom of heaven. Again, I think this is pretty devastating uh, to him when it comes to this information. Look here, starting in verse 5. Jesus said, "...most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit..." He cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is of the flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is of the Spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. He said, don't marvel with that. You know, don't. He said, what's of the flesh is of the flesh. What's of the Spirit is of the Spirit. You've got to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Again, this shouldn't be anything foreign when it comes to Nicodemus. He, says, he said, Don't marvel at this. He said, The wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So, everyone who is born, uh, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now, if, if you'll notice here, really close, Jesus here is, is telling him, Okay, I'm going to give you some clarification. You, you're you're kind of devastated. I, I know your heart. I, I know what you're going through here, that you've got to do this again. You've got to have this transformation. You've got to be changed. I I think Jesus is alluding to here. If you go back with me, look in Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36. Let's start with about verse 22 and see if this kind of sounds kind of familiar with what Jesus is talking about. He says, therefore say to the house of Israel. Uh, God is telling Ezekiel here about all the things that Ezekiel was doing, how they fell, how they... Uh, all, all, the, all that's going on here, and he's prophesying to them what needs to take place. He says, Therefore say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the nations uh, wherever you went. So he starts out by telling them here, Ezekiel is telling them, I'm not doing this because of something you've done. You didn't do anything to merit this. He said, I'm doing this for my sake. I'm doing this to glorify me. I'm doing this because this is what my plan is. It's not something that you've earned. It's not something that you did. He says in verse 23, And I will sanctify my great name, which has uh, been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst. And the nations shall know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God, when I am uh, hallowed in you before their eyes. For I will take you from among the nations, gather you out of all the countries, and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your fulfillness, uh, filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh." I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will uh, keep my judgments and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people and I will be your God. I will deliver you from all your uncleanness. I will call uh, for the grain and uh, and multiply it and bring no famine upon you. So as Ezekiel is prophesying here, he's telling them, Okay, here's the state in which you're in. You're in bondage, you're captive, you, you, you've been scattered, you've been... I mean, they're in the most lowest place you think of. And he says, here's what I'm going to do. It's not because of something that you did. It's not because of your merits. I'm doing this to glorify me. You profane my name. You're, does this, is any of this sound unfamiliar to today? how we're in bondage, how we're in the bondage of sin, how we're in darkness, how we're lost, and we can't do anything ourselves to get out of it. There has to be something that comes from God to do it, to make that change, to have that transformation. Now, let's go on to uh, chapter 37, beginning at verse 1 of Ezekiel. It says, In the hand of the Lord came upon me, and brought me uh, out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, "Son of man, can you, uh, uh, son of man, can these bones live? Can these bones live?" So I answered, "O oh Lord God, you know." Again he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. So now you had this ultimate, this this kind of immediate prophecy of God telling them, "You know, I'm going to gather you together to your land, I'm doing this. Then you have this this more broader prophecy, sense of this spiritual renewal that's actually going to take place in the new covenant eventually with which what we're living in of how this is going to take place but notice how he says you've got these dry these dry bones out here and he says God says I'm going to bring them to life they're dead he says can these bones live Ezekiel said only you know in other words these bones can't rise on their own they're dead if something is dead they can't rise on their own they can't become live you know come to life on their own it has to be God that does it. And God said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to breathe life into Him. Does that sound familiar? Isn't that what happened at the very beginning? Isn't that how we become alive? Is God breathed into us? That's what spirit is. It can be uh, translated or defined as a, 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 you know, the spirit as, as, as breath or as, as wind or as a vapor. That's what God does. He, he breathes into us the breath of life. The Spirit, remember, the Spirit was there from the very beginning in creating the world. And also creating us. That's how we've got the Spirit in us to live, is God breathed into us. It's God that can create. It's God that can bring something alive. Now, let's go back to John chapter 3. In John chapter 3, when he's talking to Nicodemus here... uh, now, tie this all in with what we, we see with this prophesying with Ezekiel. He's telling Nicodemus, you've got to be born again with water and of spirit. Now, let's think about that. He's telling him what's of the flesh is of the flesh, and what's of the spirit is of the spirit. So how are you to be born again? He's explaining to Nicodemus, this is how you do it. It's got to be with the water and the spirit. Well, first of all, what's the water? Well, you can say, well, that's baptism. There's verse after verse after verse after verse after verse when it comes to baptism, and we're not going to get into every one of them tonight, but more immediately, you know, Jesus, when he's having this conversation with Nicodemus, he's not gave the Great Commission yet. So when he's talking to Nicodemus, let's go back to, remember John, in Matthew chapter 3, when John was baptizing, these scribes and Pharisees, these religious leaders, rejected that. Jesus' disciples didn't, and Jesus didn't, they rejected that. They rejected uh, what John was teaching when it comes to repentance. So when, when you put it in that, and, and it's, it's, again, it's more of a broader sense than just baptism. It, it, it's about this total change. It, it's about becoming who God says we are. Now, when it comes to uh, the Spirit, well, isn't that what God does? We can go to Acts 2.38. When we become a child of God, what happens? We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit along with our uh, remission of sins. We, we go down in and we come back up, what? newness of life. So here when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, this is shouldn't be anything that's foreign to him. Matter of fact, he goes on to say, let's look a little farther here in verse nine. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? He said you should... He would not know the prophecy of Ezekiel. And there's time and time again, God talks about this change. It's always got to be, you know, we, we have to fully change. As, he, as Ezekiel told him, he said, I'm going to take this heart of stone and make a heart of flesh. It, it's not going to be a hard heart. You've got to totally change who you are. It's that transformation that has to take place. And there's a lot of scripture that talk about that. 2 Corinthians. I don't know if I give them in the order it is. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we've got to be this new creature. We have to be someone new. We have to be born again. But again, how do we do that? Notice other scriptures. Uh... Second Peter, I believe what uh, 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 First Peter that uh, Sean read a few moments ago. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever. Look in Galatians chapter 6. Verse 15, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. So see, when it comes to them thinking, Okay, we did all these works of the law. We're, we're the blood of Abraham. We're, we're separated from the Gentiles. We've, we've done all these things. Paul says, That's not what's going to get it now. There's, you've got to be a new creation. You have to be new with the water and the Spirit. And that Spirit is what God puts into us when we do the things in which He says. It's got to be that total transformation. And I, let's just be blunt and honest. I, I can come to church. I can sit in the pews. I can read my Bible. I can listen to sermons. I can pray. I can do all of these things and a transformation never takes place. How many times do you hear somebody say uh, or ask somebody, you've been baptized? You've been baptized? I, 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 I don't know how many times I can count. Somebody called me, and Ronald, you need to come down with me and talk to somebody. They've got to be baptized. and I'll, I'll get in the car. We'll go down. We'll go somewhere. We'll, we've talked to them. And, and I realize as I'm talking to them, they don't want to be baptized. They, they don't want to be any part of it. But the individual I'm with just wants to get them in the water. Well, it's not about just getting somebody in the water. It's about doing what God said, going down in the water, coming back up as a new creation. God is the one who takes care of it. And as he tells Nicodemus, you may not understand how all of this works. Do you you know how all that works? I don't. I don't know what exactly God does other than what he tells me when I go down in full obedience to him by hearing his word, believing his word, confessing that Jesus is the Son of God, repenting of my sins, confessing that He is the Son of God, being baptized for the remission of my sins, washing away of my sins, being immersed and rise to walk in newness of life. What does God do? He says, then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. How do I get that spirit? How how does He make that change? How does He forgive my sins? I don't know how God works all of that, other than what He tells me to do. So I I can do what he says to do, and God's going to do his part. Just like he told Nicodemus. Okay, you may not understand every single thing about this, but he says, you know, the wind blows, you can see the effects of it, but you know really where it comes from? Can't see it, but you see the effects. So can we see the effects of a, a a transformed life? Well, yeah, I can see the effects of what God does by how I live my life or by how you live your life. By 1 John 1 and 7, walking in the light is his in the light. Having fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from our sins. See, I think we may struggle the same way Nicodemus struggled is. When he says we've got to be born again, we've got to change, we've got to have a transformation. Maybe we're saying to ourselves, I... I, I you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Here, you're saying what I'm not. I'm, I'm doing is not right. If we have not done what God says, it's not right. And with Nicodemus, they rejected John and his baptism at that point. So with Nicodemus, that's what he's saying. You've rejected this. You, there's got to be a change. Can you imagine th- those? And I never. I'll be honest. I never really thought of it like this in the in terms of the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus, how hard this conversation must have been. He's telling him, a a Sanhedrin, a leader of the Jews, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Can you imagine the bomb that was? Can you imagine the, 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 the stroke against the ego that that was? But Jesus is saying, you've got it, he's basically saying you've got it all wrong. There's got to be a change. You said you came to me, in essence. That's what, that's the reason Nicodemus came, because they believed his signs and wonders. You came to me because your signs and wonders, but it's not about the signs and wonders. Yeah, that's to confirm what I'm saying is true. But what I'm saying is there's got to be a change. So Nicodemus and the others were focused on the wrong thing. Jesus said, I'm here to change you. You've got to make a change in who you are. And and he's saying here, well, how can this be? Well, you aren't you a teacher of the Jews? Aren't you a teacher? How do you not know this? Have you not read this? The problem is, I think Nicodemus did know it. And I think that's what Jesus was saying to him. That's why Jesus said other times, have you not read? Have you not read? Because they're supposed to read it. They're supposed to know it. It's just about accepting it. And that's what it's about. It's not about do we truly need to. It's, it's like sin. We were talking about this in teenage class. I'm going to continue to talk about it. You know, is this a sin or is this a sin or is this a sin? And, and we're, we're starting to go through several things. And, and, and I like that because I, I think that needs to be on our minds so we'll know how this is. But as we were talking, most of us know anyway, don't we? We, we really know if something's a sin or not. It's just whether we're willing to accept it or not. And that's, that's the hard part of it, isn't it? The hard part is accepting what God says to do when it comes to not doing these things or doing these things. And when it comes to making a change, that's hard. It's hard because, hey, I've been doing it this way. I thought this way was right. That's why it's so hard in the denominational world. That's why it's so hard to talk to someone who's, who's, who's believed it that, that much. To say, that's not the way it is or even in the church if we're not doing it the way that God says to do it, well that's that's the way we've always done it. See, it, it, Jesus is getting personal here, isn't he? he? He nobody can do this for Nicodemus except Nicodemus. It doesn't matter. I mean, think about it. If 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 I said you can't enter Gainsborough without being born in Gainsborough. Okay? Think about that. It doesn't matter if my parents were born in Gainsborough. It doesn't matter if my kids were born in Gainesboro. It doesn't matter if I can speak the language. It doesn't matter if I can dress like people in Gainesboro. It doesn't matter if I can try to look like people and talk like people. None of that matters. If I wasn't born in Gainesboro, then I'm not, I can't be in Gainesboro. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Isn't that what Jesus is saying? It doesn't matter what you think it is. It doesn't matter if you talk the talk a little bit. It doesn't matter if you try to look like it, uh, everybody else. It doesn't matter if your grandparents obeyed it. it doesn't matter if your kids obey it. It doesn't matter if anybody else around you obeyed it. If, you don't, if you're not born again, you can't see the kingdom of heaven. That's personal, isn't it? That, that, that's right to the point. And I think that hits with all of us the same way. Uh, let's go a little farther here. Look, starting in uh, verse uh, uh, 10. It says, Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly I say to you, We speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. What Jesus is saying is, You have rejected what you're seeing and what we're saying. That was proof when they rejected John. So he's saying, I'm, I'm showing you these things, you see these things, but you're reject- you, you won't accept what we're testifying to you, what we're witnessing to you, what, what we're saying, the things that we're doing, you, you won't accept it. You know what I think Jesus is telling him? I think Jesus is saying, you know exactly what to do, you just won't accept it. I'm here to tell you, y'all better change. Because remember, he come and says, we know that you, I think he's kind of speaking for the group. And Jesus is telling them, you've got to change. You've got to make a change. And again, he's saying you've rejected what we see. You know what to do. You're just not doing it. Verse 12, If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven but he who has come down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. I think he's going back to his first question. We believe that you're sent from God or you couldn't do these things whether he was baiting Jesus and saying, okay, you couldn't, do, you couldn't do these things if it wasn't for God. Maybe he's trying to get Jesus to say something else. But I think this is where Jesus is answering that. Jesus said, I have all authority to do this. No one else has ascended to heaven. It's, it's me. I've got authority to say this. So if I say you need to change, if I say you need to be born again, that's exactly what you need to do. But again... They're not accepting it. And I like the final thing here that we're going to talk about. And he says, uh, If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. So as you, as you see this and as you think about what he's saying, I've got authority to say this, and he's talking about how You've truly got to believe it. I think this goes back in a little bit of reference to John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Because when you think of the Spirit, and you think about the authority that Jesus had, well, how does that come? That comes from the Word of God. John 1 tells us that Word was from the beginning, and it is now. Verse 14 said, it became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld its glory. What Nicodemus is, or Jesus is telling Nicodemus, "I am the Word of God," and the Word of God says to do this. But think about it: where does our faith come from? Where does our belief come from? Hearing the Word of God. Nicodemus heard it. Was he willing to accept it? Now, you can. There's some speculation, and I think worthy that Nicodemus did obey. Uh, There's reference to that when he defended Jesus when it comes about the trial. Are you going to say he did this without really a trial? And when he came and actually helped to prepare, you know, Jesus' body. Some say, well, he became a believer. I don't know, maybe he did. I think he may have gained some, at least, if nothing else, some respect and it really got to him. Now, the Bible doesn't say whether he, he truly obeyed or not. Maybe he did. Hopefully he did. But Nicodemus was presented with the Word. And the Word told him, you've got to be born again. You've got to make a change. So that Word tells us the same thing today. I've got to believe that Word, have faith in that Word. Hebrews 10 17 says, that's where my faith comes from. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. He that cometh before God must believe that He is, and He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek after Him. See, it's not just about just believing that God is. I have to believe what God's able to do and what He will do. Then confess that Jesus is the Son of God, Matthew 10, 32 and 33. Repent of our sins, Luke 13 and 3. Be baptized for the remission of our sins so we can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, Acts 2, 38. To wash away our sins, Acts 22 and verse 16. And walk in the light as he is in the light, 1 John 1, 7. So I asked you tonight a simple question that we all have to answer. Have I been born again? Have I made that change? Have I done what he said to do?